Hi, I'm Callie. And I'm Rachel. And we are Pelvic Service Announcement. If you're a physical therapy student, boards are right around the corner. Everybody's overactivity is just got <laughs> 10 times worse. Oh, man. I think that the board exam and just PT school in general is truly what kickstarted me into an overactivity. I firmly believe that yeah. PT school was responsible for my overactivity. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yep. No doubt about it. And then it became raging when raging. I started thinking about the board exam yeah I also was like really really dumb and I took the board exam in August and I got married in October um, 10 out of 10 don't recommend zero out of 10 <laughs> that Dude. sounds absolutely awful actually to be honest I would if I had to do it all over again I would do it the exact same way because about the time I got sick of studying I would wedding plan and our wedding was really small so I my mom, my aunt, I had so many good, my cousin, like I had yeah. so much help that I, I told him, I was like, okay, from this time to this time, don't give me anything wedding related. Like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. If a decision has to be made, make it without me. And that was like a couple weeks, couple, like a month before the board exam. And then after the board exam, I just got to wedding plan to take my mind off of it. I just like dove into it. So it was, it was really, really not that bad. But if you're someone who's having like a big Dude. wedding, don't do that. Oh, don't no. do that. No, that just sounds terrible. My cat had kittens at the time <laughs> that I was studying for our board exam. I think I took the boards in July, I think, like late July, like the 27th, I think. And she had kittens on the 4th of July. And so it was a lot. Thankfully, my cat was a fantastic mom and I literally did not have to do anything at all, like not one thing except love them. But it was an unplanned pregnancy. But it was an unplanned pregnancy. <laughs> she was a little mm. she was and not she was no, she was not. It wasn't her fault and it was not my fault either. I would just like to say for the record. I was not Rachel the one that not let a her bad out. Cat mom. No, I was not the one who let her let her out and let her get impregnated by a random cat. I just remember after you took the board exam, you sent me a Snapchat. You were like laying on your couch and you had like three kittens like yeah. on your chest and you were just laying there like like this is my serotonin <laughs> this boost. Is better. <laughs> so I had like a little like pen set up for them basically. And I would like to say 99% of the things that I have for my cat, I did not purchase myself. My parents bought That's for my cat. Yeah. And so like her cat tower, my dad bought that. Like her bed, my mom bought that. She doesn't even sleep in it. I'm like, she doesn't need a bed. She doesn't sleep in it. She sleeps with me. Like, why are you buying her bed? Anyway. So she got like this animal like play crate pen that honestly you could also use for a child if you really needed to. And so she got that, which was really nice to have for the kittens because I like knew where they were. They couldn't get out. I could zip them up in it like when I left for the day, like it was all good. Um, but I would like take breaks from studying and like go climb into like the little pen and just like lay there with these little like three week old kittens. And I was just like, yep, this is this is exactly what I need. I like bring my book in there and study and be like yep I'm sitting on the hard concrete floor in my closet but it's fine I'm thriving 
It's just like a new level of mental anguish. So it really is. So this episode is for y'all. This episode <laughs> is for anyone, for those taking the boards. We wanted to wish you guys luck. But then for anyone considering becoming a physical therapist yes. like what does it take from undergrad up like what do you have to do the application process what does that what look is, like yes so starting with undergrad what can you major in like what do you need to major in to become a physical therapist there is a lot of flexibility here yep I started out as a nursing major actually there and then I got a job at a hospital I think I was a year in and I got a job as a patient care check technician at the hospital and I was like, I cannot do this. I will not be doing this. And it was kind of a bad situation too because I was in an understaffed hospital. So like day one, someone was like, go take out roommates fully. And I was like, I haven't even signed my new hire paperwork. Um, sure. Let me just. Get sure. It. I did not do that. I was like, I went and found the person. And she was like, don't absolutely do not do that. I'll go do it. <laughs> so that kind of, I was like, nope. And then I like went into a panic, but I had an awesome advisor and he was like, look, you're just going to major in health science. And he was like, and basically this degree has electives. You can fill those electives with any prereq you need from a PT school. And I still graduated in I graduated in three years because I had um, a lot of credits from high school. So I changed majors and still graduated in three years. So there's really a lot of flexibility. What I always tell people is when you start thinking that that's what you want to do, look at every school you could possibly imagine applying to and write down the prerequisite coursework required for those schools and then take those classes. And a lot of them are the same. Yeah. A lot of them are the same. You're going to have like the general prereqs kind of across the board. You might have like one or two here and there that some require and some don't. Um, and so when you are looking at like, okay, what do I want to major in? Really, you can major in anything. You don't have to have a specific major. Most colleges will not like and bachelor programs will not have like a specific pre-pt major that's not a thing yeah um so you're looking at something like kinesiology health sciences we had a couple biology or chemistry mm -hmm. majors um in an our accountant. class i think we had an accountant we had a dance major yeah. so really truly you can major in anything just as long as you're signing off you're checking off those prereqs you will be fine the PT CAS, the Physical Therapy Centralized Application System, makes things so easy. So easy. I remember doing this and like I pulled up the web's website and I'm like, wow, I kind of have some PTSD like looking back at this application process. But it is a central PT school application. So once you get your, uh, you know, once you have your resume built, you can um, create your profile on PTCAS. You put in where you went to school, your high school, your high school diploma, um, your intended graduation date or, if, or your previous graduation date for your bachelor's program. And then you go in and you plug in all of your prereqs. You plug in all of your prereqs. This is what I did. This is the grade that I got. This is, you know, this, you know, whatever, whatever they need. Um, and then once you're done, 
done with that application process. You put in all of your observation hours mm-hmm. to, um, you just send the link to whoever it was that you observed with. They sign off on it on their end and you're done. You're good to go. Everything is verified. Um, and so, and then once you're done, you just click, okay, Texas Tech. I want to apply to Texas Women's, Hardin Simmons, blah, 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 blah. Check, 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 send, done. Pay your application fees at once and you're done. And And that made it so easy. Some schools had like little extra essays and stuff yeah, that you yeah. had to write. But that'll come up on right. PTCAST too. Right. Like that'll come up right on PTCAST. Um, you, so you like, you don't have to keep track of like 18 different mm-hmm. applications, which I loved. Like it made this process so much easier. You put in your GRE scores. I forgot we had to take the GRE. Yeah. I think I blocked that, that out of my memory. <laughs> too. I was gonna, bef- yeah, before all of that, th- you have to take the GRE yep. and then you have to, most places require some amount of observation. Yeah hours. So the GRE is something every prospective PT student I talk about or talk to panics about. It's something I panicked about because it's basically the ACT on steroids. I blocked it out of my memory. I literally (laughs) forgot that I even took it until like five minutes ago. You'll be fine. (laughs) You'll be fine. I always tell people as long as you get at least, I obviously you have to have the minimum score, but don't take the GRE 50,000 times trying to get that score as high as possible. No, because in, a, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, they're going to look more at your GPA and your extracurriculars and your observation hours and your essays. It's basically a weed out test because yeah. there's some people who are like, well, I don't want to put in the work to take the test, so I won't take it. Exactly. And then it's like, if they don't take it, that just weeds out some applicants. Yep. Observations. Look at what your schools require because some I've seen it as low as 50 to 100 hours some schools require up to a thousand hours so my biggest piece of advice is while you're an undergrad try to find somewhere where you can be a tech like where you can work as a tech and then I would always recommend getting observations at more than one place to really kind of diversify yourself so I was a tech at one place So I had a lot of hours there and then I spent like a couple days doing observation hours at the turn center, which is a pediatric place. And then I did some home health observation hours and then some acute care, but like the home health and the acute care, I think I had 10 to 20 hours in each of those, like nothing huge, Mm -hmm. nothing super, super crazy, but just something to kind of show like it almost might distinguish you a little bit to say oh wow they've like looked at all of these different fields they're really truly interested because what schools want is they want I mean PT school is no joke it's they want someone who's going to be serious about the profession and they want to create good clinicians because then that looks good on the school and so what they're looking at is like if we if we have this person in our program is that a good investment are they going to be a good PT in the future? And so you want to show them that you're as interested as possible. Exactly. And in that, that really does set you apart. You know, if, and some schools will require that you have so many observation hours in an outpatient setting, so many observation hours in an inpatient setting, inpatient settings is hard to get. It's, it's hard to get. It definitely takes, there's a lot to that process. I got lucky. My mom worked at a hospital when I was in high school and college. Um, and so she like had the plug in and like was able to be like, here's my daughter go. And so, um, not something that most people will be able to get. So if you can get those hours, take advantage of it. Um, and so that's definitely something that can really set you apart because not a lot of people are able to always get that. The more observation 
graduation hours, the better. But again, if your school requires, you know, a hundred, you going up to, you know, a thousand hours, if the rest of your application is lacking, isn't necessarily going to set you apart. So it's a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Another thing that some advice that was given to me was the essays, like the essays are super Mm -hmm. important to a lot of schools. And someone told me, someone who had gotten into PT school and had been on the kind of admission side of things, she said, obviously, like, if you had an injury and you did PT, you can write about that. But most people, that's what they're writing about. So if you want to set yourself apart, like, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to set yourself apart, do something different Mm -hmm. than just, well, I tore my ACL playing soccer and then I had PT and then I loved it. Not that there's anything wrong with that story, but they're going to have 50 other applications with the exact same story. exact same story. So if you have something different, if you've got another reason why you love PT, that can be a really great like something to Mm -hmm. differentiate yourself and then the other piece of advice I had was apply know when applications open and apply immediately because a lot of schools when they get those applications they start doing interviews Mm -hmm. and if they like a candidate they give them the spot and so when you apply if there's 18 or 30 spots available if you're on the first round of interview there's 30 spots available. If you're in the last round of interviews, there may only be five or 10 spots left. And so I really, that was another piece of advice someone gave me was like, make sure you can get that application in as early as possible. Cause a lot of people think, Oh, well the deadline's this day. I'll just like, as long as I have it in before the deadline, I had mine submitted like the day after it opened and I was in the first round of interviews because I wanted to go to Texas tech so bad. Like I am ready. Like I will be here so that that's funny is another really really good piece of advice and if the school has an interview process that is super super important yes I would agree with that we've met some students listen I'm not trying to knock on any other PTs or any other PT school program tech is amazing however we definitely notice a difference in just like social skills and personal skills, interpersonal relations between the schools that did require an interview process versus the ones that didn't. PT school is hard to get into. It's, it's hard to get into. You need to have a rock solid application start to finish in every single aspect. And so a lot of these people are like super, super book smart. And you know, like they've got like a 4.0 GPA, a perfect score on the GRE, 800 observation hours. And so on paper, they look great. And then you talk to them and it's like talking to a brick wall and being a physical therapist is a front facing job. It is a personable job and you have to be able to connect with your patients on levels that they probably don't, aren't going to connect with like their physician or their surgeon or any other of their healthcare providers. And so it's a different, it's a different process. It's a different ball game. So we were, I, I would say that I really liked that tech did in-person interviews. Um, I think it definitely helped you to show some of those strengths as well. Like I'm super extroverted as y'all know, all I do this entire time is talk. And so I'm like, I love talking. And so I can have a conversation with a brick wall and be totally fine. And so I think that was like a good area for me to show like, okay, you know what? Maybe I didn't have as many observation hours or as perfect of a score. And I don't, literally don't even remember what I got on the GRE, but like, 
you know, but I'm super personable. I can have that conversation. I try to make people feel comfortable having that conversation with me, Um, especially if you're going into pelvic floor specifically, those skills are even more important. Yeah. And I think what a lot of PT schools are looking for when they have the interview, their goal is a well-rounded individual. Yes. Because PT school is so unique in that it is a doctorate, like a medical degree. It is a doctorate in a field of med. I mean, it's not a like an MD, but it's medical field. It's a doctorate. So you've got to have... You've got to be able to persevere through that. So you've got to have that academic component of things. But like Rachel just talked about, there's also this huge, like we are literally in the business of people. And unless you're just planning on going to PT school just to go into research, which there is some people that do that, you've got to have those people skills too. And so that part is huge. And it's an opportunity for someone who maybe their scores were a little bit lower, but they had a great essay and it's like, well, let's just like, let's see how this person does at the interview. You can really boost your chances of getting accepted into a program with a good interview. Now, when you go up to the interview and you see other students, maybe that are already in the program, like year one, year two students, and they're there to greet you and show you around. Here's some snacks. Here's the tour. Be nice to them. Be friendly with them. Your interview has begun. When they are showing you to the elevator, your interview has begun. Because at Tech, after you guys leave, we all go right... Guess what? We got sheets of paper with your name on it, baby. And we are writing things Because down. it's easy to sit in front of this professor who you know it's our interview. And, oh, hello. Hey. It's so great to be here. I am so kind. I am so sweet. But maybe that student opened the elevator for you and you didn't say thank you. Maybe they tried to talk to you and you snubbed <laughs> and you were mean. And it's like they can, they spent, the students give a little, spend a little more time giving you the tour. And so they can get a little bit of a fill. And that factors into... I mean, it's not the make or break, but the professors it's gonna, look at that. Yeah, the admissions it's going to factor into your score, your application as a whole. We might be giving away some trade secrets. This might be a secret. I know tech's going to come and like, sue us or something. Probably. Yeah. Like, how dare you? <laughs> We're going to get a call from Dr. Gehring. It's going to be like, really, girls? Really? Like, actually, it's Reed now. We've graduated. <laughs> I will never not be able to call our professors by doc, like Dr. So-and-so yeah. like, no, he stopped me once. Like I went up to the school to like drop off, drop off, um, the school slash office building where we actually like go to class is also like a medical office as well. And they have a gynecology clinic there. And so we will go and like drop off like marketing materials, say thanks, you know, thank you cards, that kind of thing. And so whenever we're there, we'll like run upstairs, like go say hi to all of our professors and stuff. And he stopped me. I, I said something like we were leaving and I was like, okay, bye Dr. Gehring. And he like stopped halfway down the hallway, turned around. And it was just like, it's Reed now. Or colleagues. And I was like, no, I don't like this. <laughs> I was like, this feels so disrespectful. I had the same experience with Dr. Miller. She's like, it's Misty. Like, we're colleagues. And I was like, no. No. We're not. <laughs> like, you taught me how to help a patient use a walker and crutches. Right. Like, you will always be Dr. Miller. You will always. always yeah. They'd, it's like a hard, a hard it's, it's I can't turn, I can't make my brain so, do it. Can't make my brain do it. I so. did hear, I don't know. Did you interview at Texas Women's or apply at Texas Women's? Uh, I didn't interview. I don't think I applied there. Well, I know a girl that did. And she said in her interview, they were like, teach me a skill set or a skill in under five seconds. 
And so she was a soccer player. So she taught him how to kick a soccer ball, oh, there you go. which that terrified me. It was before my tech interview. And I was like, if they asked me, I was yeah. like, what am I going to teach? Like, I don't know anything. Don't Cause you know, yeah, your brain, right, brain just right. goes, I was like, that was really smart. And she got in there and she went there and yeah, she was, your blank, she's, brain yeah. just goes blank. Yeah. So the interview process at those different schools is going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. Like there were a couple, I know a couple of our classmates that they had interviewed at a couple places where it was like a group interview where it was like, you know, a couple of the professors and like like five or six applicants, um, all answering like the same question at the same oh. time. And so, or not at the same time, but like, obviously like one right after another, but, um, so knowing like what, um, if you can kind of try to do some recon, like if you know yeah. some of the, you know, know some students that went through that process, you know, asking them like, Hey, I just got an interview at tech. What is the interview process like? Or like, what questions are they going to ask me? Or, uh, you know, what do I need to be prepared for? Do I need to have a skill set ready to teach and in five seconds ready on hand? Um, that kind of thing. So I loved our interview process at tech. It was like, yes, there were a couple, you know, like what are your strengths and weaknesses? Like that kind of thing. Um, you know, your typical interview practice questions that you could find, you know, online, like, you know, those things are important. Um, but I, I had Dr. Miller, Misty, um, did my interview and she was like, who's been your favorite patient? Like, tell me about it. Like, you know, you, you've got a lot of observation hours. Where did you go? What did you see? What was your favorite? Like, who was your favorite patient? And I was like, let me tell you all about Greta. I loved her. <laughs> so like, it was, it was really cool. Like, you know, she, I could tell that she genuinely wanted to get to know me. She wanted to know about my experience in the field and why I wanted to pursue it as a career, which I loved. So highly recommend applying to tech. It has been voted the number one PT school in the States, um, based off of like student report. So like, um, the APTA itself does not rank their PT schools. Um, but like consumer reports have ranked Texas tech as the number one PT school in the country. We talk a lot about how hard it was, but I don't think we ever talk about how fun it was. Oh my gosh. Like, it was so much fun. I like, it was hard, but it was like, like a good, like almost like if you like to run, it's like training yeah. for a marathon. It's, it's, the process is so enjoyable and there's like a sense of camaraderie between yes. everyone. Like yeah. you're all going through this together. It like, it sucks for everyone. But then after a test, it's like, you go get bagels with a friend yeah. or you yeah. like whatever it like you just, or if like, if you're struggling with something, like you sit down, like, I can't tell you, like I'd have like, a, <laughs> I had a couple of our, one of my friends, she called me, I was in the middle of, like, I was at the gym, like I was working out and she was like, I do not understand complex regional pain. Like, please explain this to me. Like I'm five. I was like, all right, great. Like, let's go through this. And so like, it doesn't like, you know, tech doesn't rank us. They don't. And I know some PT schools do, but we never got ranked as far as, you know, GPA or Mm -hmm. anything like that. Or, you know, they, your scores are your scores unless you decide to tell somebody. And so there was no competition. There was none of that. And so it really was a camaraderie. We all came together we pushed each other. We helped each other when we needed it. And like Kelly said, it was that it was hard of course, but it was so much fun because it was something that we were all so passionate about. And it was like, okay, yeah, this test is going to be really difficult, but this is going to make me a better therapist. This is going to make me a better clinician if I get this down. And I think it's different from undergrad in that those professors truly care about you. Yes. Like there's, I think there was 30 of us split across or maybe more than that, Mm -hmm. 40, 50 of us split across three campuses. 
So, I mean, there's a handful of people at your campus and there's these professors and you have a professor that's kind of your mentor and they do like quarterly check-ins with you and they really, they care about your mental health. I remember my professor, she was like, I had gone through a breakup and she was like, what's going on? And I was like, oh, nothing. Like I had a hard time with this, um, farm test. And she was like, no, everybody did. Like what's going right. on? And I was like, oh, and she was like, Callie, you dyed your hair black. What is going on? And I was like, okay, here's what happened. And I was like, but it's not affecting my schoolwork. And she was like, that's not what I care That's about. That's not what I'm asking. And then she like <laughs> talks to me about her divorce and like we have this like heart to heart, nothing to do with the academics. She's like, no, like relationships are hard and they can affect your, and just yeah. like, we're both sitting in there and I'm like crying and it was just like the best experience. <laughs> I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> like, like your hair dyed black and you're just like, no, what do you mean? I'm fine. But I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like everything's fine. And she was like, no, like she really. just kept asking questions right, like she right. wasn't gonna like say anything and finally she was like okay listen I ma'am I she's like I'm asking because I already know the answer like out what with it already is going on and it was just like they're all like that it, and it's almost like I remember in undergrad it was like I've got to beat this professor's test and blah, blah, blah. and it's like they're working with like they want you yeah. to succeed they want you to you, pass yes. yeah they're not trying to trip you up it has to be challenging because what we like we are treating patients yeah, what we do is challenging exactly and so we've got to have that knowledge like that has to be there that's why it's challenging it's but at the same time they want you to succeed and mm-hmm. a lot of times all you have to do is ask and they'll help you mm-hmm. like it's like I don't understand I mean I sat on so many phone calls with different professors or I talked to different pe- professors after a test and yep. Yep. And they really like are just as invested in your education as you are, because if nothing else, it makes the school look good for us to all pass the board exams. And so it's almost like you're all working together to get you to this end goal. Like they're, they're helping like push you towards that end Mm -hmm. goal of passing the board exam and becoming a licensed physical therapist. So I cannot say enough good things about text programs. Same. Same. It was so much fun. It was hard. It was challenging in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. We made some of like my absolute best friends in the entire world. Um, we would not be sitting here yeah. across from each other right now without this. Um, you wouldn't be hearing our voices on this lovely yes. pelvic service announcement podcast if it weren't for text. And so. it all started over that cadaver. You did. Like you I, was did. About, I was like, you were honestly one of the best tank mates I we ever. Had so much fun. We had so much fun. And, and we didn't even really know know each other then but like immediately like I think back to it I'm like we have always worked well together yeah from day one so well on that could I just remember (laughs) we had no patience with everybody else because our brains kind of worked the same about academic things and we were just like and the other girls did not which is nothing against them at all but we were still just like that's a nerve what do you mean you're calling that attendant. No, no, please go. You're like, let me just like clean this fat out. I can't, I'm going to snip it. I'm like, well, that's the ulnar nerve. If you snip it, I will snip you. Get out of the way. I remember there was one time, I think we were like down into the foot or something where things were kind of starting to get a little bit, a little bit dicey, a little bit tricky. And I was just like, I do not try. I was like, give me that scalpel right now, please step away. Step away from the cadaver. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, okay, so now that you've had your application, you've put in your application, you've taken the GRE, you've sent it off to the programs that you're looking at, how do you choose? 
how do you choose the right program for you? Um, like I said, the APTA does not rank the DPT education programs and they are all doctorate programs. So you want to make sure that you are looking at a program that is accredited by CAPD, the Commission on Accreditation in Physical Therapy Education. Um, if it is not CAPD accredited, it doesn't count. There are some PT schools out there that are working on getting their CAPD accreditation, but it doesn't count. So you need you need to make sure that it is accredited. You want to look at cost and financial aid opportunities. Um, the vast majority of DPT students will graduate with student loans. Make sure that you are prepared for that. Um, programs will offer different costs um, depending on you know lab costs, campuses, uh, in-state, out-of-state, all of the, all of those things. Um, some will offer scholarships. I was lucky enough that I got a. Um, the specific scholarship that I got was only for like, I think like $500, but because I was awarded that scholarship specifically, I was given in-state tuition as well. Oh, that's so nice. That was really, that took a significant chunk of money off of, off of that year. So look at your financial aid opportunities, um, look at the scholarship, op- apply for literally every single scholarship that you possibly can, um, Definitely something to something to think about. Um, program length is another thing to look at and to keep in mind. Most are three years. Um, there are some that compress those requirements into a shorter um, into a shorter time span. But um, again that could help you to manage the cost. you know you're not spending as much money per semester definitely something to think about. Um, and then as well as the, the, you know, the setting, you know, and this is coming directly from the APTA.org. They have really great information on, um, how to become a physical therapist and what that process looks like. So if you have any questions, go to the APTA. Um, but, and, and I like this, it says, make sure that you select a program where you feel at home. Yeah. Make sure you feel feel at home. Um, contact current students, recent graduates of the program, um, employers who hire new grads. Like, hey, what do you look for in somebody that's coming straight out of you know straight out of a PT school? Um, that kind of thing. Callie and I are always here if you have questions. Yes. If you want to come observe with us, do that. We have that available to you. If you and we will sign off on your observation hours. Um, we will answer as many questions as we can about the application process. We can help do mock interviews. Like, yeah, send us your essays. We'll read yeah, and edit. Yeah. I love re- I love English. I love reading. I love writing. <laughs> send me your essays. I will read and edit your essays. And then I'll come back with a whole bunch of red pen all over it. But and then I'll send it to Rachel, and she's going to add about fifty semicolons. Probably. I love semicolons so much. So I have. Speaking of students and at the application process, I have my first student right now, and we're like going through like documentation and stuff. And so she's just kind of like looking over my shoulder as I'm typing, and she's just like, "Wow, you really like semicolons." I was like, "When they are used appropriately, they're." fantastic I think they should be used more <laughs> love semicolons uh we were in the process of like looking at homes and I wrote a, that one of the houses they were like well they want a letter with the offer we didn't get the house but I wrote a letter and I used like three or four semicolons in the letter and I was reading over it and I was like Rachel would die I am she read so this. proud she would love this love a good so. semicolon <laughs> 
Um, I will say if you have clinics in your area and you know some clinics that take students, ask them because I was talking to Camille and I won't say the name, but she told me we stopped taking students from this PT school because they could not keep up. Like they just did not have the education, whatever, to keep up with this clinic. And so that might be a red flag of, hey, maybe I maybe that isn't the best fit for me. So talk to people that take students in your area and be like, yeah, what what PT schools do you see really good? Like what PT schools do students come to the clinics really well prepared for rotations, especially if you have an area like maybe you want to be sport specific ortho. Maybe you want to do acute care. Talk to those therapists who take students and be like, where do you see students come really prepared for this field Mm -hmm. or whatever it is? And that can be really, really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Just making sure that you're like trying to check the, as many boxes as you possibly can. Um, making sure that you are getting those getting those boxes checked. I'm sorry, I thought I heard knocking and that like it's, really threw me off. The ghost in our... <laughs> it really threw me off. There is a ghosty in here. Um, but yeah, yeah. So based off, you know, based off of cost admission requirements, new grads. Look at their pass rate too for yeah. the board exam. And that most schools will have that plastered mm-hmm. on, you know, on the website. I know Tech does because I think they have like a 99.99% first time pass rate of the board exam, yeah. uh, which we are very proud of. Yes. Um, and so that is definitely, you know, making sure that you are not only graduating with a good degree, but are also going to be well prepared for that board exam. Um the board exam, that's, that's your bar. That's, that's your bar for lawyers, right? That's, that's your bar exam. That is the way that you get licensed. If you graduate with a doctor in physical therapy, you still cannot just go out and practice in, in physical therapy. You need to pass the board exam as well. And so making sure that your program is going to prepare you for that is huge. And I think that's where I would advise people to be cautious with some of the really accelerated programs because three years was already like trying to drink from a fire hydrant and it was so much information and the board exam was still hard. Yep. And so you, your school does not make the board exam. It's a national exam. And so it may be like, oh, wow, this school is going to be really easy. and I'm going to get it done really fast. You still have to pass that board exam. So make sure you're learning everything you need to learn and so if it is an accelerated program talk to someone who went through it look at their pass rates and just make sure that's a good fit for you some people thrive in that high pressure environment some people don't and if you don't accelerated programs may not be might not be free for you yeah so so but yeah so now in theory you've gone to pt school you've done fantastic and you're studying for the board exam Oh my gosh. It's where a lot of our students are now. Yep. What does that look like? What should you do? What are some resources? A lot of schools will offer at the end of clinical rotations before that exam some, like we had a day or two Mm -hmm. that was, I think score builders came Mm -hmm. in and they talked to us and it was, they gave us some strategies and we, we spent our entire PT school making a study guide and it was this monster of a study guide. And at the time I hated it. I was like, this is so dumb. 
and now that I once I finished it, I was like, oh, this is really nice. This is really and nice. I was able I, to pull from it. I printed mine out. I need to bring it for my students so she can like look through it and like I'll let her make copies of it if she wants to but I'm not kidding it's like a three inch binder and it is full it is full but I also put it in page protectors too because I'm a psychopath um and have sticky tabs designating each section and everything like that but it is the most beautiful and comprehensive study guide I'm really glad that our school made us do that um it was required and certain certain classes would be like hey if you finish like the cardiopulmonary section um you know you'll get like five extra credit points or something like that which was really nice um I think that (laughs) <laughs> it was funny because I just felt like we complained about it so much. Oh, it was I awful. loved working on it. Like it, like that's how I study is like making outlines, making study guides, like getting everything like comprehensive together. And so I was like, even though it's technically like was for extra credit for the class, I was like, this is still helping me study for the test that we have tomorrow on yeah. cardiopulmonary functions. Like this is great. And so there were a couple of days where I was just like, okay, like if y'all spent as much time working on it as you did complaining about it you'd be done by now you'd be done. yeah <laughs> you'd be done uh, so it was a monster it was a lot don't get me wrong like I said it's a three inch binder that is full uh, but it was so worth it and it helped so much and in theory you're working on it the whole three years not everyone right, did and right. I think the people that complained about it were the people who never did the yeah, extra credit yeah. and they had to do all of it all of it at one once. summer yeah when it was that one summer where it was actually due at the end of the class But I was always like, I, again, with my type A anxiety, I was like, I need to go into these finals with like as much extra credit as possible. That way I don't panic and myself build a little cushion there. Yeah. And so if you just keep up with stuff like that, it was really, really helpful. And Mm -hmm. then you've got a study guide. Yep, exactly. That you can flip through and use as a resource. Because a lot of it, I would pull like charts and norms and all these values were like just having like range of motion norms, um, how to manual muscle test, because if you have that base, you can problem solve Mm -hmm. through a lot of the board questions, especially those two, three step board questions. Yep. So if your school doesn't require a study guide like that, I highly recommend putting one together for yourself Mm -hmm. anyway. And you can get that content prompt that is on like the actual F S B P T, um, website. Um, so you have to go through the FSB PT. It's the federal state board of physical therapy or, or something like that. Fe- that No, that wouldn't make sense. Does it? Uh, I don't even I don't know. Remember. I, just I don't even know what it stands now. for. Oh, the Federation of State Boards there of Physical go. Therapy. There, there we go. go. Um, and so they have like that content prompt um, that is like ready to go online Uh, It breaks it down for you as well as far as um, typically how many questions are on are like on each system. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find it. I'll find like the actual content prompt um, and like see if we can post that for um, post that for y'all because it really helped. It really helped. So it's just like a way to dust off things. Exactly. Yeah. Score builders has some really good prep. They've got a whole workbook. Love I score worked builders. through it. They've got some practice, practice exams. Now I will say score builders, practice exams are going to be 
pretty significantly significantly easier than the actual board exam. Yeah. So it's really good confidence building. I think when it comes down to the wire and you're studying for the board, um, practice exam, practice exam, practice exam. Like take, yep. I, I made a study calendar and I had practice exams built in. There's, you can buy old tests. Those are really good. That's going to be more accurate. So there's a couple places you can do that. Buy old tests, take the score builders exams. And then there was another workbook I had that had two free exams. So I think I ended up taking seven to eight practice exams before the board exam. Mm -hmm. You just get your, get your brain used to sitting down for the five hours or however long it takes and thinking deductive reasoning thinking like the board exam for that amount of time and then when you're done review your review your answers yep I always needed a break I needed like a six hour minimum six to twelve hour break between taking the exam and then like studying the questions I oh missed. yeah at least yeah and so but that will help you figure out okay why did I pick this answer why is this cr- the correct answer and it helps you start to reason like that test wants you to think yeah because like we've talked about there's a difference between board thinking and clinical practice yep. Completely different, completely different. So the FSBPT, they have two practice exams. One is actually an like an old exam that was legit used in the past as the board exam. Um, and then Score Builders has a few. And then PT Ed. And O'Sullivan. And Sullivan. Yep, O'Sullivan. Yep. Yep. So you've there's a lot of like practice tests out there. Take as many as you can and go over it, go over it, review. Okay. And most of those practice tests, like will give you an explanation as well of like, okay, mm-hmm. this is why this is the right answer, you know, and, and think, okay, did I just misread this question? Was this, um, I think, it, I think it was score builders. There's like, there's, um, they break it down into like, there's like four different reasons why you miss a question either yes. like you read it too fast um you didn't understand it you didn't understand the materials I don't know they but they break it down and help you to understand like not only to pass this board exam specifically but just to become a better test taker in yeah. general so re- we loved score builders yes, I all- love score builders so they've got really great study material they've got flashcards they've got a book they've got the practice exams they have an app like there's like they have a lot so I had the app on my phone and what I would, I would take, cause I was working, we were both working yeah. part time. That doesn't work for everyone. For me, it did because I do better under pressure. So I was like, I know I'm going to be at work for mm-hmm. 10 hours these two days. So these days <clears throat> I've got to be studying. Yeah. It just helped yeah. keep me more accountable. But with the app, I would take it to work. And if a patient canceled or on my lunch break, I would sit there and I would look at flashcards. Yeah. I would do practice yeah. questions. And it's just great. Cause you can sit there and just like constantly be consuming information they also have a question of the day that you can take and and so that's just a fresh question every single day we've also talked about Kyle Rice and his podcast love him I would listen to him like driving to and from work I would listen to him at the gym I would listen to him constantly because you can be doing things, but have him in your ear and he'll explain things. He'll give you tricks for yep. test taking. He'll help you think through the board exam. He actually failed the board exam his first time, I think. I don't know. 
I think that's why he did this. He yeah. failed it his first time because he didn't have, and he, he had to like learn how to study. Yeah. And then I think the second time he took it, he just blew it out of the water. Yes. And so he kind of helps you work through some of that. I loved him. I loved his podcast. He's got a YouTube as well. And he's got, he's on YouTube and he also has like free cheat sheets, like study sheets um, for like special tests, cardiopulmonary function, MSK things like those um, clusters. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Laslet cluster. Well, something like that. That's a SIJ thing. I'm very familiar with that one. that, That one is an example of, the thing yes. that I'm like, whatever Special it test is. Clusters. Special test clusters and like clinical practice guidelines, like all of that good stuff. Um, he's got some really good free cheat sheets on that. So we will, we will link all of these resources for you. Um, we'll make like a separate highlight on our story, like for students of, you know, like board exam resources, PT process, application resources, all of those things. Just so that way y'all have them because it helps yeah. so much. So, so much. The day before the exam, I want you to do nothing test related. Zero. I want you to go get a massage, take a walk in the sunshine. Go eat Chick-fil-A. Pamper yourself. Here's what I don't want you to do because I did it. I do not want you to take a practice exam. I do not want you to take the practice exam that is the retired test. No, no. Because I did that. And let me tell you, everyone told me do not do anything and I didn't do anything for most of the day and then at the end I couldn't take it anymore and I took the practice exam that was the retired test and I failed it (laughs) the night before the exam so then I take the actual (laughs) exam and I feel like I failed the exam I just know I failed it and I was like well you failed the practice exam the night before so you failed this so then I was miserable and the way I took it by the way when you take it, it depends on when you get your score back. So some yep. people, they take it, they get their scores in like three days. Yep. I took it and it was like three weeks yep. before I got my results. I ended up making, like, I think I calculate, cause you can, they don't give you a numerical, I mean, they yeah. give you a numerical, but it's like in the three. Not a percentage. Yeah. yeah. It ended up coming out to like a 92 nice. or something like that is what I like if you, which that's not completely accurate. Yeah. Right. But it like, I did well yes. on the board exam <laughs> and for weeks I would just like cry I almost threw up I knew I failed it and I like had almost like I had started studying again I was doing the question right. of the day again because <laughs> I was like looking up when I could retake it trying to yep, figure out yep. like okay well like what can I do for rent because I'm about to get my <laughs> temporary license revoked I'm about to get fired um and I won't be able to work until I can take it again in October because I had worked myself up by taking that practice and I failed it by like a couple points the night before and I was like I know I failed this exam so don't do that don't do that do not do that to yourself no. everyone told me not to and it would have been such a good day because I think I had like taking a walk with the dogs and like I had just done all these like great things and then I did that at the end you did that so do not don't do do that don't do it rest breathe relax I mean flashcards maybe but don't take a full on don't take a full on practice test the day before don't Don't do do it it. don't Don't do do it it. you will be rest and breathe if you walk out of that exam feeling like you absolutely nailed it aced it got a hundred percent you probably failed if you walk out of that exam questioning every single life decision that you made leading up to that point you probably did great so you should walk out of that exam feeling like you failed like you you should 
that is that is an appropriate feeling yeah. to have knowing that going into it makes coming out of the exam so much better because I remember walking out of there called my mom crying in the parking lot like nope I failed I'm done I'm I'm never going to be a physical therapist I'm going to get fired I don't know why I did this you know spiraling as we do and I remember like just sitting there and I was like oh okay I feel better now now that I got all that out of my system I feel better now and Dr. Miller, she had told us, she was like, and she she even said, she was like, if you walk out of that exam feeling like you failed, you probably did fine. But if you walk out of there feeling like you nailed it, you probably failed. And I saw, I don't know if I was like so panicked. I missed that, but I never remember anybody oh, telling really? me. Yes. Oh, they told us I, that like all the time. I'm sure they did. And I'm sure I just like blocked that out. Like, like, no, could it be me? That's not how my brain worked. I'm like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist to a flaw. And so I just like never heard that, I guess. And then, so Rachel and I are working together and she like, let's like, she snapchats me after and she's like, oh, like it was, was like not that bad. Like, obviously it was hard, but like, and I talked to her at work. She's like, it was not like, it's going to be but, fine. Like, you got it. Fine. And so then I take it and I'm like about to vomit. I'm like sobbing so bad on the phone with my mom. She's like, please pull over, please stop driving. Like you are not safe. And, and I'm like, well, I just know it was awful. And like, Rachel didn't think it was that bad. And so that <laughs> means like, I for sure failed. And then later I talked to Rachel. She's like, no, I just didn't want to freak you out. It was literally right. horrible. <laughs> I was like, no, dude, I did the exact same thing that you did. Called my mom bawling in the parking lot. Couldn't drive anywhere. Cause I couldn't see. I was crying so hard. And I was like, I wasn't going to go into work the next day and, and tell you that when you were taking it like a few days later. Oh man. So that is all totally normal. That is totally normal. Totally so if you ball your eyes out in the parking lot, girl, you're good. I do remember there was a guy that was in our class that took it with me. Um, Cause you'll probably just go to like a testing center where people are taking like the GRE, the real estate exam, like other yeah. things. Um, and so I saw one of our classmates in there and I was like what are you doing here so we're texting afterwards and he was like yeah I didn't think it was that bad and this is a guy that like would get a 98 on a gross exam and be like wow I'm so stupid like I can't believe I didn't do well on this test we're like Trent shut up like get out of here and so he was like yeah I didn't think it was that bad I thought it was pretty close to our like the practice exams and I was like "Uh uh-huh no sure same yeah so easy dying so if you feel that way you are not alone um it's normal to feel that way go get you some chick-fil-a um take a nap and don't do anything for the rest of the day don't study don't break out back into the textbooks until you know your scores because just don't Don't. do it just don't don't do that to yourself wait until you hear i for sure was very very fortunate my my best friend is a nurse and she's a lot like me like we're very very similar very high strong she did the same thing with the nursing exam mm-hmm. which i have heard about that and i think it's oh, worse than i think it's boards. it sounds worse than because our boards if you like miss so many it'll just like shut it'll off. kick you out yeah. yeah but you can fail without getting kicked out so it's like you still don't yeah know. like there it just sounds like a complete like Mind. mind game yes yeah. and so she I remember talking to her she was like I literally started studying for my nursing board the day after the day I took the exam because I knew I failed she was like 
and I didn't. She's yeah. like, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go out to dinner. Like, there we're going to go. go to the there pool. Go. It's yep. going to be fine. Like, we're not going to think about it. And she just helped, like, so much. Because she was like, oh, I, I was literally just here six months. Like, I yeah. know exactly yeah. how you're feeling. I know it's going to be okay. But I know that you cannot know that right, right <laughs> now. So we're just going to get your mind off distract. of it. It's, we're going to just distract. not even think about it. And it's going to be fine. And if you did fail, I'll help you put in the McDonald's application there later. You go. They're offering, like, $15 <laughs> an hour now. Like, you're going to be fine. Fine. We're going to be great. It's so, going to be fine. It's going to be fine. So if, that is the board. Yeah. And if you do fail the first time, our boss failed the first time. And it's not because she's not, she's one of the most she's intelligent. She's brilliant. She just you has, heard her on our episode. Yeah. She has test anxiety. She failed the first time. It was not the end of the world. She took it again. And now she owns two clinics and pioneered pelvic health in Amarillo. You are going to be fine. It's not. And it's so hard because that test is not a measure of intelligence. No, it's not. It's a measure of your test taking ability. Yeah. And and it's it's a standardized test. And so you have all of that that goes into it as well. And so there's, yeah, there's a lot riding on that test. So if you have high test anxiety going into that, it's going to make, it can absolutely make things worse. And if you fail it the first time, it doesn't mean you're going to be a bad clinician. No. It doesn't mean like I, like I said, she's one of the best clinicians I've ever met in my entire life. It is not a measure of, and you're great. If you barely pass, mm-hmm. if you make a 600, who cares? It doesn't mean you're going to be any less than the, what's the highest you can make? Like 800. A, okay. If you make an 800, it doesn't mean you'll be a better clinician than the therapist who passed with a 600. And you have five tries to take it. You have five tries to take the exam. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. So if you failed the first time, figure it out. What did you do wrong? What did you miss? Why did you miss what you missed? Go back and start and start again. And, it, yep. and if you have to do that, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. It is a little bit expensive if you have to do that. Yeah. Because the test, I think, is four to $500 every time you take it. Something like which that. Which I think is really dumb. Stupid. I don't. I'm like, I just feel like if you spend years in PT school, it should be free. That should be part of your, that should be part of your tuition. Yeah, like that should go into. They should pay for the first one. And I then, agree. I don't know who we need to petition to someone. But I mean, I think Gilbert. I think that's pretty standard. <laughs> yeah, it's no, not, it's not like <laughs> nobody. No, like nobody. Nobody's school pays for that's test. not like, a thing. That's not a thing. Um, but um, but yeah, so you you have five tries to take it. You have more opportunities. Um, tech does not allow its students to take the board exam until they've graduated. Um, And so the board exam is offered at specific times um, throughout the year. Um, There are so, th- so there are only certain dates that, that you can take it. Um, and so you need to definitely make sure that you are looking at, you know, the right, um, the right dates, the right times. What do you do if you don't pass? Um, I'm trying to find the dates for it. Oh, here it is. Um, for the exam. Hello. But some schools, while you're looking at that, some schools, because a couple of the dates are before some schools' graduations, and some schools will allow you to take it before graduation. So you could graduate PT school, already have taken it. And I don't know, I have mixed feelings about that. Part of me is like, that would have been nice to get it all over with. But I don't know, I have no regrets, because it was kind of nice to work part-time and study, and then you've got clinical practice mixed in with Mm -hmm. the 
So I think some of that was was nice for me, but it just depends on your school and what works for you. So, so let's see. And the dates are different for PTs and PTAs as well. Um, And so next year we're looking at January 23rd and 24th, April 24th, July 24th and October 29th. Um, So some of those might work great for you when you graduate again it just kind of depends um some schools you'll have to get like a special like permission like a you have to have like an approval like a attestation to test Mm -hmm. letter basically um that comes from your school that comes from um you know basically just saying like hey we're good you can take this test you've met the requirements some schools will let you do that before you graduate our school didn't which honestly I liked I wouldn't have even wanted to take the board exam before we graduated anyway um and so if that's not what you want to do you can work on a temporary license um you can do all of that through the website on the FSBB team you have to get in a lot of documents, a lot of paperwork, a lot of letters, a lot of signatures. Um, but that's what Kelly and I did. We mm-hmm. both worked part-time um, on a temporary license. We definitely recommend that if you are going to work on a temporary license between when you graduate to when you take that board exam, work part-time time yeah work part-time choose your hours I know Callie you worked like two 10-hour days I worked four five-hour days I think Mm -hmm. and so I just worked half days during the week in the morning had the rest of the afternoon to study Um, I liked that it got me into a routine Um, and so work part-time if you are going to work on a temporary license I cannot stress that enough if you try to start working full-time and study for that board exam, that is a lot of stress that you're undertaking. That is a lot of time out of the day that you're just not going to have. Yeah, I, I agree. And we just had probably the best situation possible because our boss is amazing. So she said, I remember she came to me when it came close to time she's like what do you want your schedule to be so we can start opening that up and blocking off everything else she said I highly recommend she was like I'm not gonna tell you you can't work full-time but I highly highly discourage it I really would prefer you only work part-time mm-hmm. um and she was like and you can work as little or as much as you want but yeah, you I can highly pick those days yeah. yeah and so I was like well I wanted to do two tens so I, I think I did like Tuesday and Wednesday And I was kind of in between, like I was living with my sister at the time and I would go home to my parents because they live out in the country in the middle of nowhere, like literally down a dirt road. And I would get up and I would go run with the dogs and then I would make coffee and sit on the back porch in the sunshine and study and take practice exams. And then I would get out and take a walk in the sunshine and like all of these, it was just quiet there. Mm -hmm. It was in the middle of nowhere. I had no distractions. They were at work all day. So I had the house all to myself. And so that's what I would do like then Thursday through Monday is I would just spend all those days Mm -hmm. at my parents' house studying. And then I would come back work two days and then go back and study and that was just so perfect for me and like I said it was just very great because she was like whatever you want to do it wasn't like well you have to come in Mm -hmm. these days it was how do you like how can I accommodate you because I mean at the end of the day it it benefited her for us for for us to pass the first time if you fail you lose your temporary license correct so it was very much in her 
best interest but yeah. I mean like I said she was just so accommodating and made it so easy and like really held our hand through yes. the whole process yes. if you can find a boss like that take the job and don't ever leave if you want to come work for us it's we will a, do that for I you mean, and she just like I remember after I took the exam after I finally passed we were all I don't know if you remember I'd been checking for my scores constantly and I was yeah you broke down I sat on screaming I didn't scream I fell to the floor and dropped my phone and started crying started bawling her eyes out and everyone like doesn't know what to do and I can't even get words out it was just like like did someone die did you fail did you get your test results is it bad is it good and we're just like standing I was like I passed she finally squeaks out the word. I'm about to like grab her phone and like look at like look I at what she just saw on the screen. It was just like this massive weight was yep. lifted, yep. and it's like I never have to do that again. Like that, never have to do that. I again. can I can still like feel that feeling, yeah. and it's like yeah. my knees just buckled because it just was like this huge weight. I had been so stressed yeah. because I was really dumb, and you had to wait like so I long. I so I know I felt long. so bad. I found out in less than a week. It and, was three weeks, and it was three weeks for you. And so I was, I was at the pool. I was trying to get my mind off of it. I was still working part-time because I remember Alita asked me, she's like, okay, like now that you've taken the exam, do you want to start like immediately working full-time? Do like, do you want to open up your hours for the rest of the day? And I was like, well, I failed. Um, so when I officially get those results back that I failed, uh, that'll just be less, less patients that you have to call and reschedule. So I'll just keep working part-time until we find out for sure. And I was, I was like, fill up my schedule. I was like wide open 40 hours a week. Give me all the, Give me make the distraction. Me as busy as possible. I was like, because every single second that I'm not sitting with a patient and thinking about patient care, I will be stressed about it, that exam. So keep my schedule full. Give me a wait list. If someone needs a patient in, put them on my, put schedule. Them on my schedule. Do not give me a free time. Don't, don't give me a lunch. Like I don't want like, a single second. She was like, well, you have to have a lunch. Like I'm very That's big. by law. <laughs> She's like huge on work-life balance too. Yes. Cause I remember when I, I was like, oh, like, and I just won't take a lunch. And she was like, no, you will be taking yeah. a lunch. She was like, if your patient goes long and you choose to work through it, you can choose that. Yeah. She was like, however you, I yeah, make That will mandatory. be blocked off she on your like, schedule. Yeah. As she was like, you're a new clinician and eventually I will let you make your own decisions. She was like, but, but for right now. now you will have that. She was like, I don't want you getting burned out. Mm, so no. No, 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 um, no. But yeah. So after all of that, now that you have graduated PT school, you've passed the board exam, now what? You can do a residency or a fellowship, which I think is really cool. Um, there is a board of physical therapy residency and fellowship education, the ABPTRFE. That is a lot of letters. Um, There are over 380 accredited residency programs, 47 accredited fellowship programs, lots of graduates. Um, And so, and there's, there are residencies and fellowships in pretty much everything that you could possibly imagine. Um, There are, uh, there's residencies in wound care, in women's health, in, uh, in, the, in, in the inpatient setting, post-op, short, like you can get really specific with some of these residencies and fellowships. It's basically designed to advance a PT's preparation as a provider of patient care services um, in, that dis, in that defined area of clinical practice. So you get a lot of clinical supervision and a lot of mentoring as well. Um, there is like, I think there's one 
a residency for pelvic health um, that's at Texas Women's University um, or through Texas Women's University. So it is more school. So again, something to keep in mind financially, you are going to pay more tuition. Um, And so there was like a couple extra classes that you took through TWU. um, And they also had... um, to some really great mentorship opportunities. Now, residencies and fellowships are not required. It is to enhance your knowledge in practice. So if there's like one area in particular where you're like, you know what, I really, really, really want to go into this area. I didn't feel like I got a great amount of that information in school and I want to mentor through that process let me look into that. I think that's a great thing to do. I know a couple of our professors had done residencies and fellowships before, um, before they came into teaching, but, and it's up to you whether it's worth it or not. You'll hear mixed reviews, Mm -hmm. um, from PTs. I definitely considered going into that women's health residency because I was like, I, cause I didn't know where I was going to end up. I didn't know what job I was going to have after I got after I spoke with Alita and got hired here, I was like, I'm going to have more mentorship here at this clinic in a place where I want to be working with patients full time than I would in a residency program, paying more tuition, paying more money, um, where, or or otherwise where I could just start working and get that same level of continuing education, enhancing my knowledge and practice in this area, um, than I would with, uh, with a residency. So it's up to you. Look at where they are, what, you know, the locations, what you're going to get from that residency that you couldn't get through a clinic mentorship as well. Cause a lot of clinics will have some sort of mentorship program set up for new grads. Um, if not, you know, if, even if it's not super formal, like our, we don't really have anything formal here, but we're always in and out of each other's offices and desks and clinic and just be like, what do you do? I got this. What do I do? What happened? What do I do? Yeah. The thing about fellowships and residencies, most of the time, it really isn't going to give you that much of a competitive edge in terms of job application and it's not going to boost your salary. Like a lot of people, you're not going to get a raise or much of one because you've done a fellowship or a residency. Now, where I could see it being extremely beneficial, like Rachel just talked about, if you were gonna go do cardiopalm in the mountains of Montana and you were gonna be the only physical therapist in a 200 mile radius who specialized in that and you would have no one to talk you through yep. anything, it might be super beneficial. Yeah. But if, you're, if you've got a job lined out or if you kind of know where you want to practice and you feel like you're going to have some great mentorship or just honestly sometimes even other clinicians to bounce ideas off of. Rachel and I do that all the time. Oh, yeah. Just between the two of us. Neither of us has more experience than the other, but there's times it's like, hey, I got this. It's like, well, have you tried that? Oh, no, I forgot about that yeah, thing. Or, yeah. or, hey, I had a patient that had that exact same problem, and this, this is what really I well. did. Yeah. And, and I got a patient that's playing a guinea pig for us right now. Yeah. She's got a prolapse, and she's got an inversion table at home. And I'm like, great, let's play guinea let's pig. Let's see what would happen. And so I'm going to report back to everybody else in the clinic of like, hey, this worked really yeah. well for this patient that had a, that had a prolapse. If they have an inversion table, stick them on it. So we're, we're always getting, we always have that camaraderie. If you're going to be the only pelvic floor therapist specifically at your clinic, that's also something to consider. Um, 
with, with pelvic floor specifically, but you know, if you're looking at, okay, what, what types of patients am I going to be seeing, right? Are we mainly post-op? Is this inpatient? Is this a stroke rehab program? Is this IPR? Like what types of patients are you going to be seeing? Um, what types of patients do the other clinicians see? What does that mentorship look like? That kind of thing. Um, knowing what that is going into it can help you decide where you want to work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so winding things down because we're running out of time. We're running out of time. Um, do you have a patient one? I do. I really do. Um, hold on. I have to think about it for a second. So you go ahead first okay. because I know I have one. I okay. just can't remember the specifics of it. So one of my patients listened to the Come As You Are podcast, the one we talked about the book. Oh, yay. And she came in and she told me, um, she was like, you know, I listened to that podcast and I realized I am perfect the way that I am. <laughs> And she said, I have started prioritizing my health. She's been dealing with some attorneys. It's been a it's been a process. And she said, I had a day I needed to call the attorney. And I just thought, if I do this, I am going to have some pelvic pain. I know my overactivity is going to go through the roof. I'm going to relax today. I'm going to take a me day. And I will, that problem will still be there tomorrow. tomorrow. I will call tomorrow because today I am more important. And so she took the time. <sighs> And then she was like, and I didn't have any, like any problems that nice. day. And she's just really figured out the link, the mental link between yeah. that and the physical. And she also told me that someone had, it was, um, some family had invited her for dinner, like really last minute, gave her five minutes notice. And she was like, you know what? She didn't have any makeup or didn't have her hair done. Yeah. And she was like, I'm not going to rush and throw those things on and be late to dinner. They invited me to dinner. They want to see me. They want to be with me. So I'm just going to show up like this. I'm going to show up as I am because I they're there that. for me, not for like my physical appearance that I provide. Oh. And I was just like so inspired. I was like, you taught me That's something amazing. today. <laughs> I was like, that oh is exactly gosh. what I wanted everyone that, to get out yes, of that podcast. Ex- exactly. So exactly. It was, it was just pretty awesome. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I had a, a discharged a patient last week. She was coming in with like really, really, really high urgency. I mean like high urgency, like could not hold it, could not ignore it, was having a significant amount of leakage with urgency. Um, and like I said, we discharged her last week. So she's doing amazing. She's not having any, any urgency. She's able to control it. She's not having any incontinence, uh, with any of that. She is doing fantastic. That's so awesome. It was really good. What made your overactivity worse? This oh, week? I've got a good one. Um, so I was on my way to get you know, waxed, like wax, wax, uh-huh. um, which makes my overactivity worse anyway. Anyway, but I'm driving and I see like, I'm pulling into the parking lot and it's like in a shopping center. So there's like restaurants and so I'm pulling in and I see my brother and my 15 year old cousin, like walking across the parking lot. And I'm like, okay, like maybe they won't see me. They wave me down and I'm like, fantastic. <laughs> Callie. Hey, what are you so doing? So I rolled on my window and they're like, what are you doing here? Cause we live in Canyon and I was in a shopping center in Amarillo and I was like, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, well, we're going to go eat at Torchies before we go putt putt or golf or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's fun. And they're like, so wait, wait, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, I was just like, and then my little cousin goes, are you getting crumble? And I was like, no. And my brother was like, well, what are you doing? And I was like, I just have an appointment over here. Like you guys have a nice dinner. Bye. <laughs> she texted me that. She's like, Rachel, I guess who I just ran into outside of the waxing place. And I was like, yes, I could have said eyebrows. I have not got my eyebrows waxed 
like ever in my life. They would never know. They probably wouldn't, honestly. But I'm just like, a, I'm not a great liar. And so I was just like, I just have like an appointment over here, which I don't think they thought anything about it. Sure. They're bo- they were just like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like, have a good great time. We're going to go yeah. get tacos. Like, I know they didn't think a thing about it, but I was like, <laughs> I need to leave this place. I was like, this is not a good time for me. No, thank you. All right. Are you guys ready for your board question? Yes. Great. Amazing. This is coming from PT365. This is from Score Builders. It's the app that gives you a board question every single day. So this is your question of the day. This is today's question. So if you've already done it, you should know the answer. A physical therapist observes a patient status post right total knee arthroplasty on a stationary bike. The patient's current knee range of motion is documented in the chart as zero to 90 degrees. Which deviation while cycling would be the least likely given the patient's current mobility? A, right hip moves into excessive external rotation. B, right foot falls off the back of the pedal. C, the patient leans their trunk to the left. Or D, the patient elevates their buttocks off the seat. So again, we're looking at which deviation during cycling would be least likely given that the patient has zero to 90 degrees range of motion um, in that right knee. And your answer was... Oh God, now my app is crashing. Oh no. <laughs> Hold on. Now I gotta go back. The answer was um the foot falling off. That's what I think I that was I yeah. think it was B. Um now the app has just completely crashed and gone away. But yes, the answer was B, the foot falling off. So with the patient not being able to achieve past 90 degrees of flexion, they're going to have to compensate a little bit to get that range of motion to go all the way around the cycle. Um, so we're going to have some of that flaring out of the hip um, to kind of get that motion. Um, they might, they're going to lean to the left to take some of that pressure off. Uh, and I said that, so you probably heard my voice going like they're leaning to the left. Um, and then they're butt might lift up off of off of the seat as well but their foot isn't likely to drop off the back of the pedal due to that limited flexion range of motion i was about to say i'm sitting here doing that it almost that almost like requires more flexion exactly yeah yeah that was a good one yeah so so that's your question of the day so while she read that i was like sitting there going through the motion like i was pedaling on a bike do that do that in the exam lean to the left like do the motions it's okay. You can do that. Like you can't you stand can't up. Get up. You yeah. can't get up and look around, but sit there and ride a pretend bike and yep. move your butt cheek. Kind of thing. And okay. If I have limited motion yeah. here, if I do that, is that going to make it? Ooh, yes it does. Yeah. I moved so much during PT. T- I would like sit there and like move my arms. Yeah. Like, like flexion, pro- move your body. It's a physical, like it's asking yep. questions. Yep. It's very physical. Move your body. That's okay. It's not cheating. Do it. Do All it. right, guys. Your PSA is just good luck. To good be luck. The boards, yeah. If you're thinking about PT school, um, do it. P- do it. It's physical so therapy rewarding. is such a rewarding profession. I think no matter what you go into, because not only are you helping people, but you're helping people on a one-on-one basis. You yes. get to know people. You get to have these really interpersonal relationships and really be on the ground floor of their recovery and of their care. And I saw a survey one time that physical therapy has one of the highest job satisfaction oh, ratings. Um, it is actually, it's number six. Number six um, out of all the jobs. Uh, out of not, not even just with job satisfaction. Um, that was, and that's also on like the APTA, um, 
website. Hold on. Now I want to read you the statistics. Yes. Okay. So the U.S. News and World Report listed physical therapists as the number three best job in healthcare and number six overall based on number and percentage of projected openings from 2021 to 2031 uh, determined by the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics. So that's a really good outlook for PT. Um it's a fantastic field. You help people live active and healthy lives. You help them recover. You give them their function and independence back, which I think is just one of the most rewarding jobs in the entire world. So, Also, almost everywhere is hiring physical therapists yep. right now. There's a shortage. So if you want to come work at Optimal Physical Therapy, just Please go ahead and DM us. Just DM us. DM us. Yep. If you want to work, I think we have some office openings. We have too. some office office openings. We have some tech openings. We have PT openings. Yep. So if you're a student trying to get those observation hours, come yep. tech with us. Yep. If you're a physical therapist, come work with us. We have a great time and our patients get better. Like what more could we, you ask honestly, for? We have so much fun. We have so. so much fun. So, all right. Good luck to everybody taking the board exam. We'll see you next week. Bye.